at, actually, come to think of it, uh, Thunderbolt Fantasy was never listed on Mal because it isn't counted as anime. So this because it's not a real anime, Shadon. Oh, fuck you. Duh. <laughs> I will fight people in the street. This, this is not, this isn't my puppet list. It's my anime list. I will fight you in the streets about this. <laughs> Cover girls. <laughs> it's time. It'd be like that. It's time. It'd be like It'd that. Be like that. It's easy breezy. Uh, I, you stole my line. You stole my line. You bastard. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped the gun. I apologize. Uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that this is going on in podcast formats. So that way, no one could see the obscene hand gesture I just made in reference to oh, yourself. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome, friends. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and envies. It's Watery Desho's stream of thought. We're back for another week of chatting about Keep Your Hands Off Azokin, mm-hmm. the greatest show, that the greatest product human hands have made, <laughs> the greatest piece of art. Move, move, o- move over, slice bread. Move over, <laughs> move ice over. cream cone. <laughs> move over, the Bible. Uh, move over, I don't know. the I, Mona Lisa. I don't know, I was pretty disappointed <laughs> with that in the fiction category, to be honest. <laughs> you never put it on that kind of pedestal, huh? Yeah. Uh, didn't hold up over time. It aged poorly. Not been a fan of the various <laughs> adaptations, I must say. <laughs> of course. Prince of Egypt, oh my though, gosh. pretty good. Well, um, gosh, in case you're just listening for the first time, uh, I am the subtle doctor. Um, I'm going to be uh, the, the lead host person this time, taking us through uh, the winding... Labyrinth of uh, Keep Your Hands Off Azerkin Episode 2, but joining me in the co-pilot chair this week, ever-present, um, glorious head, <laughs> glorious beard, although I hope your beard is not weighing you down and stiffening up your shoulders. It's Shadon. It is due for a trim, to be fair. Um, I also need to correct you on something you have mislabeled this episode. It's Ace Toucan. You know? I had to get that- I do not approve. I had to get that out of my system early, because <laughs> I, I, knew that if I, I knew that I, you know, I was going to say it later- Probably drop it casually into conversation, and you just like you know, probably I don't know, firebomb my house or something. Is this going to be a situation where like, for episode three, are we going to have to do the driver thing where it's a Zo three in? No, let's like... no, let's let's not let's <laughs> you know. Th- there are many there are many reasons one should not imitate like the Fast and the Furious franchise, and not least of which is naming conventions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no, just just no. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of Driver 3, San Francisco. Drive, Driv 3R, if anyone remembers that hot PS3 product. Um, good evening, Emily. Go, go, Atomic Robot in chat. Um, thanks for, for joining us, everybody. Um, I know people are probably still piling in. Uh, we didn't put out the call. We didn't put out the uh, Connemore signal until about 15, maybe 20 minutes before we got started, so... Um, 
and we're really bad about keeping to a usual time. <laughs> so, but but look, if you want it bad enough, it's here for you. You know where you can find it. <laughs> I'm sure I've said that to at least one woman in my life. <laughs> Sweet lord. Not really. I kid. I kid. All right, moving swiftly on. We are, as I say, going to talk about Azekin 2. We've got a summary coming up. We got a plenty of things to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to rate the episode out of one uh, on a one to five scale. But, well, you know what? I should. You know what? I, I, that scale could be zero to five. We could rate something below one. So I need to amend that and just say. I, I haven't five even, I haven't even gone that far in the time we've been doing this podcast. I think the lowest. <laughs> Not I've, yet. The lowest I've ever rated something. I think was quite possibly Frank's something or another. Uh, oh yeah, it was one of the Frank's episodes where I was, I gave it a one if I recall correctly. <laughs> I was, I'm surprised that only one of them reached that nadir. I'm as surprised as you are, to be fair. But I mean, like, I do grade on a bit of a curve here, to be quite honest. And I, I am still very critical, but I would never. It's gonna take a lot to make me give something a zero. Let's put it that way. Fair. Um. Okay. So we've got all that to come. But uh, we need to update, check on our Twitter polls first thing. That we do. Um, I will toss the mic over to Shadon. Shadon, we had uh, several Twitter polls about Ezekin. Um, t- I think, and, and because we did the episode later in the week than normal, mm-hmm. um, they are still going to be open even after this show goes off the air, which is not typical, but it happens sometimes the way yeah, we schedule we, things. We got polls inside our polls, folks. Like you know, you, we've got all <laughs> of them here. It's just like a train wreck of polls. So uh, getting on those while the going's good, you can find them at Warri Desho on Twitter. Uh, a Matrushka poll. The... Mm-hmm. Yep. Warri Desho on Twitter. Add us. <laughs> Don't add Shadon. <laughs> That was. I. I, Colossally bad, I I know. Oh, oh my god. I've broken you. I'm sorry. I didn't know it would be that one then, bro. I I divided by zero in my head. Thanks for that. Uh, right, so before I suffer a complete and utter mental breakdown uh, from that joke, let's continue on. So, uh, Aizuken, episode one, poll one. Is Masaki Yuasa the best possible fit for this adaptation? And, well, you had two answers, but they were really only one answer, and there was only one round to that, which is, uh, you know, proper format, yes, gets 55%, and capital letter, yes, gets 45%. Oh, man. I thought for sure the all caps would win. Uh, I'm um... Maybe to, maybe to, like, you know, internet forum speak, perhaps. More the prim proper way of doing it, perhaps. I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, the important thing is, as you said, the sentiment, which is the affirmative. Mm. Uh, I will point out, by the way, that uh, one of our patrons, uh, Rexton, actually said, write in vote. Masaki Uasa is the best possible fit for all possible adaptations. Oh, hmm. That's, that's definitely... I don't want to say galaxy brain is not the right way to say it, but like it is definitely it's up there taking the next step and I approve. <laughs> uh, so poll number two, would you defy orders and join the anime club? 82% said hi and 80% said no, I'm coward. I'm guessing the 80% of you who said no, like I'm guessing you've had like real, real bad instance with government agents or possibly PMCs or mercenaries in the course of your life. And I know that shit's like, not un- not common, but I feel for you, honestly. You know, game game bar from the anime club. Man. 
No one wants to have their memory wiped by a pen. No, I mean, you know, Black War have done some heinous shit in their times, but I know, <laughs> I mean, but now they've gone just one step too far. Blackwater. Uh, oh my, wasn't I'd, there a Blackwater video game? There was, basically, military <laughs> propaganda. Yeah, pro- basically. Why does that exist? Propaganda, uh, you know, enlistment, uh, advertising, you name it. Joke as I might, they're all shit, so let's not uh, let's not go too deep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. poll number three, Kanamori's Backpack. Uh, we actually did give you a wrong answer option on this one, and some people actually picked it because some people, I don't know, I think they want me to personally suffer. Mm-hmm. They could mm-hmm. be right on that. Uh, anyway, Kanamori's Backpack. Uh, bad gets 3%. Uh, who, who are you, people? Re- reveal yourselves, show your face, so I may know what my enemy looks like. You know, <laughs> there, there will be there will be a reckoning. Defend, debate me. (laughs) Defend your position. (laughs) We'll air air the debate live on YouTube. It's going to be part of, you know, our society thrives on the marketplace of ideas, Shadon. Open discourse. It's it's going to be 30 seconds long. (laughs) Uh, I know, right? You're just going to click the X on the other person's video window. That's it. I'll just I'll just get up out of my chair and appear magically in their window, even though like you know distance and time might be a factor in that. Twenty five percent say good and seventy percent say best. So most of you, you've got it right. You you know the truth of things. You you understand concepts like water being wet, for example. Good on you. That concludes our polls. But that being said, though, these polls are not yet over. They will be up for a couple more days, if I'm not mistaken. There will be more coming as we go along through the podcast itself. You folks have the chance to write the wrong that is all caps yes not winning. Make it happen. <laughs> it's close. It's close still. It's uh, fifty five to forty five. You can make it happen. You can. You, uh, you can change the future. Indeed. Decide is this is is this the future you want to live in mm-hmm. where we only sort of mildly say yes to Masaki Iwasa or do we give a full throated scream innocent to the heavens? I vote the latter. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so before we uh, get into our summarizing uh, and talking through the episode's plot, um, which we like to do for posterity, you know, you might be wondering out there, like, why are we talking? We probably we all just watch this. Why are you doing this? Well, um, you know, if someone three years from now is like, Azokin, I remember that show. I want to relive it. I, with... I Aza can't remember it. <laughs> You're going to break me now. Uh, <laughs> Escalation. There, there. <laughs> I know. There you go. Um, like what? So I'll go through it episode by episode with the Watery Death Show crew. Uh, well, we want the the plot to be there uh, as a you know. This is what happened. If you're if you're listening to this years later, it's a historical it's a historical archive, man. <laughs> Understand that. Um, okay, so but uh, we just want to quickly shout out. So. Um, uh, my my resource that I leaned on heavily last time, uh, Sakuga blog, does not have the production notes as I looked this morning for episode two. So uh, we don't really get to dive into that special and beloved segment Doc reads to you. I have something to talk about, though. Oh, boy. That's related oh. to the production side of things. Oh, dear. Where do I begin with this? So... We of course disclosed last time that there, you know, the voice actor uh, for Kanemori uh, was Zorame from Franks, because you know 
life hates me and makes me want to, you know, suffer even when I'm enjoying something that overall is pretty amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So we get introduced uh, to a new character in this episode, the club advisor. Um, I believe his name is Fujimoto. You're correct. Uh, so I decided, you know what I'll do? I'll go on Mal and I'll have a look who this gentleman is. And his name is Kazuhiko Inoue. I'm sure I mispronounced that. Uh, quite prolific voice actor. Very, very long like uh, list of credentials, an extensive resume. And I was scrolling down and... In a moment that, like, you know, if you ever heard, like, some, like, that horror music sting, like, of, like, really sharp, like, knife going across the chopping board. Yeah. Um, I spotted that uh, Mr. Inoue <laughs> had the ill judgment to play uh, Shuichiro Kado in Guilty Crown. Mm-hmm. Which I only just covered at Christmas. So, I'm... Like, are we going to get the rule of freeze on this now, Doc? Do we have a new character next episode? And it's going to turn out that it's going to be another voice actor in something terrible that I've covered previously. And hey, Lucy, I'm sh- I- I'm sure he is. Like, I- I'm not slacking off or, you know, slandering the actual voice actors and actresses themselves. They got to work. They got to put food on the table and all that. But, <laughs> I mean, we've gone from Franks to Guilty Crown. Just Shield Hero next. That'll happen. And that's it. The, 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 the triad of shit is complete. <laughs> the triad of shit. Um, well, I think we should, you know, uh, we should next holiday when we are, are fond of, you know, playing games on pod, uh, we should do a game called The Six Degrees of Elfin Lead. Oh, no. <laughs> to see if we can... To see if we can relate, uh, you know, any anything back to. Are, are you Blue Sea suggesting to me that I watch the dub of Guilty Crown? Uh, is that what you're suggesting? Because it seems like it. To which I will say this: uh, No, never. No, <laughs> I never. No, I I will I will use a loaded revolver to brush my teeth with first. You know, just just. I, once is enough. No, twice is enough. I watched that. Twi- show you did do it twice. twice. Yeah, for my you research. Uh, no, never again. And I, I don't care. You know, if it's like in high elvish or whatever, or some sort of like you know deeply refined <laughs> language. I ain't fucking touching it. High elvish. All right. Um. Well, there's your ringing endorsement of Guilty Crown. We've mm-hmm. we've now definitely. Attracted people to the show that enjoy that anime, but to, to, well, to be to be fair, I mean, look, if you didn't know Shadan didn't like it, uh, you just you missed the Christmas episode. <laughs> so d- tune into that to see all of his uh, detailed thoughts and feelings on as he as he points a revolver at himself flippantly. Um, all right, I don't really know how to segue rescue from Guilty Crown, so I'm just gonna do this where I say, "Now we're gonna talk about the episode director of episode two of um, which uh, is called Azokin uh, Bakutansu, which is Azokin. The Azokin takes the stage. Uh, so it's directed by Atsuko Tonomizu, and Tonomizu. Uh, has a very, very, very tiny resume. It's not nothing. It's not like the voice actors for uh, Asakusa and um, uh, Subame. I can never remember Subame's, like, not her first name. Uh, Mizusaki. 
Gosh, I'm oh, I will I'm I'm getting better. I'm like I know it's, it's like a Mizu something, Mizu something. So by week three or four, I'll have it. But we have uh, Tonamisu who um, has done episode directing before, so this isn't their first time in the director's chair. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's like it's a lot of stuff that I would look at and kind of shrug my shoulders at. Like it's nothing that I've heard is like extremely bad, but it is. Nothing that I would be like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Like, uh, we got uh, a couple episodes directing uh, Grand Blue Dreaming. Mm-hmm. We got uh, assistant production manager for a couple episodes on Place to Place. Robohachi TV. There's a, an episode directed of that. Dive! Which you have to say like that because it's dive in all caps with two exclamation points. I'm gonna assume it you can't say dive, n- it's dive! I'm going to assume that has nothing to do with submarines. Because that's, well, you know you, what? that's the context in which you yell that. People really like Data Live. Uh, they were involved with Data Live. Dive is to do with uh, the sport of diving. What a surprise. So, yeah, um, nothing to do with subs. I, I thought it was about, like, you know, trashy bars, but clearly not. <laughs> this, is, this is the Guy Fieri anime. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, it's, why, it's why I yell every time I go to a pub in Manchester. Dive! Because mm-hmm. that's what it is. So yeah, I mean, hey, we have someone who has a bit of experience, but I don't think a lot of notoriety, and so I think that this will undoubtedly help their resume. Unless, like, the resume I'm looking at on Anime News Network Encyclopedia is incomplete, which is not, you know, wouldn't be the most surprising thing. I mean, are you mean world. are you mean to tell me that uh, you know a director with limited credits to their name is in turn directing an anime about someone get or rather three people getting their first start in the anime business? Hmm. Will be appropriate. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, uh, so I, apparently, Chad is telling us that uh, not many people got to watch Dive because it was on uh, Amazon rather than Crunchy or Funimation or what have you. And uh, Blue Sea Devotee gives uh, the ringing endorsement. Dive was okay. Wow. There you go. Sounds like sounds like the last Subway Footlong I had. It was okay. Hey oh, it sunk without a trace. <laughs> good good job, Go Go. Uh, okay, uh, one more thing before we get into Azekin proper, and I just want to quickly give a shout out to our partners once again this episode, the yes. Anime Herald. Um, they are partnering with us. They are a fantastic website, and later on in the show, I will tell you about how you can support them, but yes. just want you to know that Samantha and the good folks over there are partnering with us once again, so... Do give them some love. Do give them a shout. And again, listen up later on for how you can support them. But here we go. Ezokin, episode two. Taking the stage. So, the episode begins, Shadon, with Mizusaki uh, climbing out of manhole. And she's like, oh, Asakusa-san, the shortcut you you gave me really, really worked. Yeah, like that. That begs so many questions. Like, I know. <laughs> where, why, where did Asuka's, uh, like, you know, learn of that? And has she mm-hmm. used it for something else? I mean, to be fair, she is a big explorer. Like, we learned that in the previous episode. Uh, I just hope she didn't run into any circles down there, but I'm sure she's fine. She's probably, like, mapped the subterranean. You know. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> she has, like, uh, she's procured blueprints and maps to the underground waterways and sewers. <laughs> she's like, listen. If you want to get away from the MIBs, 
Just take this uh, shortcut that I have for you. Um, and uh, the uh, Azerkin Club is on their way to school together. Kanamori, Asakusa, and uh, Mizu. What is it? Looking for the name of my paper? Mizuzaki. <laughs> they're on their way to school. And they're going to submit a proposal for a new club. Because uh, Mizu's parents do not want her joining the anime club. Avoid anime at all costs. And it gets, so says one of the teachers. So we know and, who the actual protagonists of the uh, show are, not the Archeo, Wisdom. <laughs> they they know. I mean, it's it's not done me any good anime. I'll tell you that for free. Um, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, you lie. Third of all, I'm no longer acknowledging this comment, and I'm moving on. Um. <laughs> So yeah, they're going to do this new club and Asakusa doesn't really want to um, because confrontation and her don't mix. and Including casually strolling straight past the door. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Let's, let's go do the anime club thing. You, you're going in the wrong direction. Uh, I know. The, the faculty room is this way. And so they're worried about getting uh, refused and Kanamori said, uh, well, I'll solve the problem with money or violence. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> what a great line. I, I uh, like. I think Kanamori is my new favorite, like hard woman of anime after uh, Ryuko from Kill the Kill. That's my second Kill the Kill reference uh, comparison to this particular show. Mm-hmm. I made it last time, but yeah, like that line just that line slew me. Uh, and if you think that sensi threats are like you know chest puffing, shall we say? Uh, just wait until what happens later in the episode. No, no, um, truly a yakuza at heart. Uh, so they, they want to get this film club started, and ultimately they do. Uh, they have to, yeah, say this is a film club, not an anime club, because the teacher who is in charge of the new clubs is very much like, we have an anime club, you cannot do anime! And so they're like, look, we're just going to do film. And Asakusa is like, no, I want to do anime! Kind of where he's like, film is anime too, come on. Haven't you paid attention to your Studio Ghibli? (laughs) You know, film is anime. Um, And so they get it started, but they need an advisor. And enter uh, enter the frame someone who made Shadon feel deeply seen, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Fujimoto, as you said, he's he's just hanging out there. uh, Not really seemingly uh, invested in the discussion. He just says, my beard. My beard is weighing me down. <laughs> it's making my shoulders it's, it's feel one heavy. Most, it's one of the most bohemian things I've heard in a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like something you'd hear at Woodstock. Totally. And uh, he's got like one of like some sort of I've I've never really what do you call those things? It looks like a back scratcher with like a ping pong ball tied onto the end of it. <laughs> beats the hell out of me uh feel free to contribute and share if you know what the heck he had there yeah Uh, yeah. and and i mean i don't know what it is called would i like to have one of course um i just want to mess with it and see if it does help my circulation (laughs) but um but i know i know know you're gonna be using the next time that we live stream (laughs) (laughs) I i should get one of those i'm gonna search on uh search ebay in a moment um but yeah, so he is like, okay, so I'll do the advisor because maybe advising will assist my, you know, shoulder circulation. 
And uh, can, so can I just add when it, when this all happened, I was like, wait, haven't I recently watched the show where a club advisor got involved and things went really, really badly wrong due to one of the characters being a, like a trash gremlin? And I thought, oh yeah, oh Raiden's in your savage season. Whoops. Uh, I still need to watch that. That did that did not go so well for the club advisor in that one, whose name currently eludes me. Yikes. Although that okay. being said, you know, like this is a this is a much more uh, PG anime than that one. That was a uh, that was saucy, shall we say? It was saucy. I did see a couple episodes. I need to finish it. That was uh, it was it was great, and I'm a bad person for not finishing it because I love um, Marogata. Thank you, Mariokata. Yes. Um, I love you, and I can't remember who you are, but I like you. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? You're great. Uh, this happens to be on a couple of second dates. <laughs> Just bringing in the personal baggage. So uh, Fujimoto takes them to, sh- to their space. They have a space for a club, and it looks like a piece of shit. Uh, but, like, you know, Mizuzaki is very much like, Oh, it has like the wavy, like the wavy metal. That's super. And Kanemaru's just like, it's old sheet metal. <laughs> you dummy. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, both uh, Mizu and uh, Asakusa are like really, uh, they love it. Like they're just super optimistic about it. They are in there and they only see good and they only see, oh, we could put this stuff here or we could, we could turn it into this kind of space. And that kind of goes back to the things we talked about last episode how when you are uh, a creator when you have an imagination and when you and it's active and you use it and you use it to and you're not art. soured by years of cynicism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's that too they are young that is a factor uh when all that's the case like you see these opportunities and you see this potential for uh life and and creativity and like all the corners of the world including a shitty old shed um so that's going on there and uh this part of have you do you are you familiar with the artist feist um the musician uh uh, no uh okay i'm I'm sure i'm gonna find out educate me okay so i really like i really like feist a lot she's a singer songwriter and uh she started her stuff uh i think her first album the song i'm going to talk about it's from her first album and the song is called musha boom it's fantastic it's it, she kind of got her big break when I was graduating undergrad, so like 05, 06. Mm. And in Mushaboom, there's a great uh, pair of lines. But in the meantime, I got it hard. Second floor living without a yard. It may be years until the day my dreams will match up with my pain. And I totally thought, like, this is that <laughs> lyric because, like, these girls have these huge dreams and they are confronted now with the reality of, like, d- dreams are not got, free. Got <laughs> like, nothing. yeah, they they don't have um, a desk any like, of the means. Like, like yeah. All, yeah, of all the things, like, that they were dreaming up that they should have, like, I think uh, Kamori's, like, you know, how about we start with a desk? Let's start with the bare basics here, you know? Yeah, yeah. that was surprisingly Asakusa that suggested it. And Kanemori was like, oh, wow, you can actually be useful when you're not, like, you know, imagining some crazy, like, you know, helicopter. You're not helicopter. always a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Although I would hesitate to use the word idiot. That's my. Girl. No, that, that's the no, that's the word in the actual show, though. I know. To be fair, but protector. I um, know. I know. You, you've got your gre- gremlin for the year now. You play. <laughs> Protect thy gremlin. Yes, thank goodness Katamori is there. It, it's so true. Um, so uh, at that point, like once they have kind of scoped the space out a little bit, Katamori, she's just thinking to herself about uh, how to kind of make a proposal. Wants to take some video to show mm. things off, and then we hear the now infamous like the music you know it's it's yeah. that means it's time for it to re-enter the greatest world everybody oh hell yeah so uh asakusa and kind of the group imagination and she's like oh this is like a villa just for us we'll have beanbag chairs and a sick-ass tv and this and, plant and, <laughs> and, then, and then and then the tracy island thunderbird one launch bay basically <laughs> no yeah uh, it's so funny like you know, downstairs, Mizu is like a recording studio and everything, and we're still talking about right, like um, anime studio stuff. And then suddenly, Asakus is like, "And a detachable roof, so I can fly, like you said, my personal helicopter belt." And it's really great. You know, you know, what I love about that helicopter belt is that it, like, I understand that she came up with it completely innocently, but damn that thing be dangerous. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, let me just let me just get my wallet from my ah, Jesus. <laughs> And uh, you have to work out the kinks mid-imagination, which is always... I, I really like that about this. Yeah. Um, when Kanamori's like, well, actually, you'd be, you would be you would die because you'd be spun around a lot. It's like, no, it'll have this counter-spinning counter, counter spinning belt. <laughs> <laughs> Although, no, there is indeed, as you say, uh, Kanamori, who actually uh, points that out. Put a pin in that for later. Big, big okay. talking points about, uh, about her in particular. All right, pin in it. Uh, Kanamori uh, doing that uh ultimately i think is the the starting point of the catalyst for asakusa falling um she's like ah don't distract me with your with your details and stuff while i'm and then she's leaning in real life on uh a horrible rail uh without any kind of i mean just so rusty and shitty and she falls off the uh second floor and uh kanamori is taping this (laughs) the whole time and uh has just a big grin on her face, like, yes, now I've done it. And luckily, Asakusa's fine. And you can tell she's fine because she's still, like, you know, talking about uh, the concepts for the, the helicopter and everything as she's on the ground. And so it's like, okay, she's okay. Um, and Kanamori basically is like, you did not die in vain. For this footage will be sold to a television station for big money we can use to refurnish our space. And there's like a great line in here where like Kanamori is like evil plan, evil plan, evil plan. And then uh, Mizu says, you have really long legs, Kanamori. <laughs> or sorry, not Cal, not sure. We're not talking to the Macross creator. We <laughs> you have really long legs, Kanamori. I'm sure you'd appreciate and the compliment all the less. He would. Yeah, Sh- Shoji's a cool guy. And uh, she's sort of, without missing a beat, she's like, Kanamori goes, you know, I, I got uh, a lot of sleep. Uh, when I was a kid, and so I grew up big and strong. Now, the upload was complete, and we <laughs> wait for our money to come in. And uh, she too could also be running a podcast. Yeah, hey, <laughs> she may well do. Um, and uh, Fujimoto though tells them to keep that footage to themselves. That the school does not. So I, when this originally happened, I thought what they were going to do is try to like sue the school. 
and uh, get some hush money, right? Um, but I guess oh, this you, is oh, an American oh, you thing. A, oh, oh, you mean one of those people like you know uh, fakes an injury and then tries to get compensation for it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, before we go any further, can I know it was a small point like that? I don't know if this is just me, um, and maybe things are this wildly expensive in Japan, but there's a lot of currency thrown around in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought when I did the rewatch, I would start putting some of it through a currency converter just for fun to see how much things actually cost. So, for example, uh, Askuza at the start says that she bought her bag using all of her New Year's money, which was 21,000 yen. And I converted that, and that's like actually nearly 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. Which is more than I would have expected. Again, maybe this just shows how working class I am in turn, because I certainly never got that kind of money for Christmas or New Year when I was her age. Um, but then also we learn that um, Mizuzaki's roof uh, repairs at her home cost 20 million yen. So I put that through the currency converter and I almost spat my drink out because it's converted to approximately 140,000 pounds, which is more than the value of this entire house I now live in. Christ Almighty. By at least 10%. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if this is just, like, the, the numbers being off, and I'm not even that bothered about it, to be quite honest, because I think that the all the emphasis on money is actually quite important for something I'll mm. talk about later, beyond the quantitative nature of it, but rather what it means. All that said, though, I was just like, what the hell? Uh, as we'll learn later, there is a sofa that costs 3 million yen, which I also <laughs> converted. And I was like, okay. that's 21,000 pounds nearly. And oh, I don't, Jesus. I mean, there is no sofa that I know of that costs that much. <laughs> I didn't pay that much for my car. <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Oh, Mizu, living the life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, of that that insta model fame <laughs> like god yeah so um i should note i didn't mention it but it'll be important for later when they are talking about finishing uh the the place or rather fixing the place up mm-hmm. um you know you mentioned mizu said oh we got a roof done for 20 million um asakusa says uh we could probably do it for thirty thousand, and uh that'll be an important number for later mm. so uh, but yeah, Fujimoto tells the girls to keep the footage to themselves. Don't want the school getting in any trouble. And uh, that's kind of how the day ends. Uh, but they say we're going to have an anime production meeting tomorrow. Uh, and when Kanamori shows up, uh, she's got that incredible look on her face. She's like, yo, Asakusa, what the hell, man? And wh- why are you spinning plates? <laughs> <laughs> I know, just completely, completely without like any build-up to it. It just happens, like... Say what, like, this show, uh, apart from just being genuinely charming and joyous in its mm-hmm. own right, it's also legitimately quite witty. And Fair a lot of that, I, which I'll discuss later, is due to not just in the actual material in of itself. I mean, anyone can write spinning plates into a script, but it's how you, and when you put it in there, that's important. Especially on how it gels together with the rest of the effect, but <laughs> I'll talk about it later. And, and she doesn't even wait for her to finish. She's just like, um... Oh, I'm spinning play, and then like Kanamori is just like, "Wakarimasu!" <laughs> like I understand that, but why are you doing it? And uh, you know, it's like I, this is a great joke about like uh, I hate people who have premature celebrations. That's <laughs> like, like, really funny to me for some reason. It's a very specific thing to get annoyed at, but so many things Kanamori does are are up my alley. Um, Oh, Gogo, she has many albums, Feist does. Uh, that first one with Mushaboom. But then she's got, like, the second one, 
that came out in I think oh four was like the one uh with like my moon my man and one two three four that got like really big radio play um and those are the two that I'm most familiar with uh so feist sidebar <laughs> join me <laughs> later for my feist podcast <laughs> feist fandom re uh reignite um but yeah no that and they like you said they had this fancy couch right that they're they're uh, having snacks and milk on. Oh, I was just going to spare this twenty-one thousand pound couch. Yeah, uh, it's just junk. It's just junk lying around. Incredible. And uh, poor Asakusa accidentally pokes it with a fork and is mortified <laughs> about it. Um, so while they're hanging out on the couch, they have a free-form discussion about uh, what anime they want to make. And mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, I think Kanemori sort of wants to um, structure the discussion, wants to have some order to it because. The other two girls are just like going off. They're not even really listening to each other. They're just like, I want to draw characters. I love this kind of thing. Just like, I want to draw machines and the concept. And they're just talking and kind of more just like, well, what genre are we talking about? Because look, we don't have any cred. We don't have any recognition. We need to do something that'll be profitable and take notice. And I'm going to steal this joke from uh, Chris Schultz here. I apologize, Chris, for stealing from you. It was just too good. <laughs> and I feel bad that I didn't make it. But well, they might very well be making the biggest mistake of all here, which is that if they follow Kanemori's, like, idea, they're probably gonna have to start making an isekai. Oh, dear God. Why? Is that Chris from the fucking Third Seat by the Window podcast? The raggedy man. (laughs) God damn it, Chris. You made it it sound like you were about to go out and just, like, throw hands with him. (laughs) Why did you do it? The thing is, though, he's right. That's that's uh, That's the real stinker there. Can't they just... I don't know, do something different, do a Yamato Nadeshko, something, to revive some kind of old trend. Do well, a maids get... show. I don't care. Don't do an isekai. Oh, man. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like, if if they were to make an isekai, at least they're not bitter-twisted people, so it might actually be enjoyable for once. Yeah, I'll That's... keep throwing shade on that genre. I'll That's keep throwing fair. at it. No, look, it's fair, because there are good isekai, so it's it's not, like, logically impossible, but they're very rare these days. Um... In my opinion. <laughs> Just put that at the end of everything I say on the podcast. Uh, and so there's an interesting pushback, though, from Mizusaki. Uh, when, you know, Kanemori's like, we need to talk about uh, profitability. And Mizu's like, well, we're not really funded by our audience. So we should just make what we want to make, right? And, uh, of course, Asakusa agrees. Already looking slightly bored about this discussion of genre. <laughs> and... Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have like a really, um, you know, we have a scene where, where Kanemori is like, okay, we'll let them figure it out. Well, yep. I'll let them the old... go for now, only to restrain them later. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're right. Like that, that is the one inner monologue we get in this, uh, yeah. not, not counting the actual, of course, imagination moments. Um, but yeah, like she says that and this, I think is very telling, but again, I'm going to save the latest discussion. I like... I think we kind of have a very strong idea of who both the, like, Asakusa and, um, why did I not remember her name? Mizuzaki. I had Mizuzaki struggled with it, too. Yeah. Mizuzaki. Insta uh, like, <laughs> Yeah, like, Asakusa and Mizuzaki. Like, the, I think that we have a very strong idea of who both of those characters are in their history. Uh, you know, you've got Asakusa who's very working class, so obviously imagination has been the key thing for her to, like, get out of the relative drudgery of the normal world whereas Mizaki like you know very wealthy but similarly also you know uh restrained by being rich and all that uh but Adam I'm really like she herself 
bit of an enigma still, but there are hints as to, you know, why I think might be her past even, but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's certainly, certainly some very telling stuff, but she's certainly intriguing. Dude, I Grizzly in chat. N- nails it. Mizusaki wants to make a Kyoani show, while Asakusa uh, wants to make a Ghibli-like fantasy. Yo, that is so right. Like, it's totally, absolutely correct. <laughs> that is such a good call. I think, um, I think, I think uh, Kanemori, though, has the most, like, ridiculous fantasy of all, which is to get paid equitably for doing anime. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I, I, I'm sorry to say that, folks. Yeah, uh, we'll talk, they, they talk about that uh, in the episode. Don't worry. Um, well, so, anyway, so, I think you, you brought up the whole desk thing, right? They're, from, from the freeform discussion, they talk about, like, you know, Kanemori says, like, well, we'll table the genre question, but what do we need to get started materials-wise? I'm like, oh, Doga paper, you know, this and that. Asakus is like, how about a disc? So they don't have anything. They don't have anything, so they go back to uh, Club Advisor Man, uh, who appears out of nowhere, if I'm not mistaken. Like, they view the room when he's not there, and then, like, they're, he's like, oh, the shock troops, and he's just suddenly there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, now don't and of course Asuka's is told don't mention anime at all. Yeah, and she's, and like, she's like, I promise I'll I'll prove to you that I'm not an idiot. I got this. Uh, and I and I was just here like, and Mark, yeah, uh, let's go. I know. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> she's in there, and yes, she's like, oh, we need a desk. Uh, we need one with a light box. It's great for drawing anime. Oh crap! What have I done? Foot expressly in mouth there. Yeah, totally. You you could see it coming. And so Kanemori rolls up her sleeves, cracks her knuckles. It's like, I'm in my element now. Step aside. Step aside, young girl with the camo hat. Uh, and basically, uh, and there's a great music change at this moment, which mm-hmm. like it's just, I love the, the song that they play. And Kanemori is just like, look, the anime club... I've read the charter. It says anime research. It doesn't say anything about making anime. We're doing something mm-hmm. different. And you don't mm-hmm. need to have this broad interpretation of their rules that restricts other clubs. Let me tell the PTA about this if you if you don't think I'm serious. And he's like, no. Oh, my God. You win. Kids, they're so scary. Do whatever you want. Okay. Um, it's just like, that's right. That's right, you wilted under pressure. Um, and then at the end, he still says avoid anime if you can, like a chump. But he gives them the key to the old anime club shed. And uh, it has like, they, they go there and it's by a river and it has a windmill <laughs> and a power generator. And uh, you just see like the tools of the craft here. Like we talked a lot about art uh, and making art. And like here you kind of see like what the craft of animation entails, right? The, the very specialized tools necessary to make this thing that we love. Um, there's like an incredible camera that's like really, really tall. And I mean, I don't even know, I don't even know enough about anime production to know if they use that kind of thing anymore. Um, but yeah, it's like really high above the picture and you can manipulate the light source under the picture. You can move the characters across the background to make them appear in motion. You learn all kinds of neat little things about the nitty gritty of the production itself. And yeah, I thought so. You can on like it appears to be like um, stuff for for cell animation rather than 
for like more kind of modern techniques. Um, but I didn't want to like assume because I mean, I'm not, I'm not out there. I don't know what's up in the, in the anime studio houses. Um, <laughs> um, and then, and then finally, uh, they uncover the, the holy object that is the animator's desk. Mizu whoosh, flips the, the desk cover off of it. It's like, oh my God. It's like I've seen in the books. It's the stand for the pin. It's the light. It's the paper. It's everything. She's, a, she's reacting like Indiana Jones has just like put the little staff in, you know, after assembling it and the little light shines down. Mm-hmm. Like you found some sort of ancient, like holy mm-hmm. relic. I mean, it is a treasure trove for them, and they are very young and impressionable. Like, they, of course, would interpret it in such a way. Yeah. You can blame them. And then almost immediately, like, they understand the, like, you know, you they, I guess, still view it as a hallowed object, but, like, it comes down to Earth in a way because, like, they use it to do real work, really hard work. Because um, mm-hmm. they see the windmill, and they see some drawings of it, and they're like, oh, we could make these better. Let's actually finish this windmill animation. And um, so uh, the two non-Kanamori girls, Mizu and Asakusa, for some reason, I couldn't remember their names, they do the drawing, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Like, here's all the ways it's difficult. My fingers hurt. I'm having to draw so many pictures. The oil is making the paper curl up. All these little things that, like, you don't appreciate if you're not in the anime business. Um, it's really good that it got shouted out and, and Mizu's like, um, mm. you know, oh my gosh, like how much do the animators get paid per drawing? Um, and they don't tell you. They kind of sidestep it. I was, I was oh, we're say, not getting I, paid. I, yeah, I felt like the Sai and Saru writers, like even if that was explicitly stated or not in the manga, I don't... Um, I can imagine if I was like, do I put this number in because I know the truth and it would make me sad to put it in there? I mean, this is yeah. like the this is the entire nature of this beast as a show, by the way. Just to throw this as an aside, in that there's going to be a certain amount of looking over its own shoulder, shall we say? Because inevitably, a lot of what we are seeing here, while undoubtedly fictional, probably came from a place like you know, at least in the manga cast case, of understanding or experience of that. Oh yeah, oh that hurt uh, me. Blue Sea just had two hundred yen per drawing in chat. That hurt well, me. I did use uh, a Japanese currency convert before, uh, so. If I put this figure in here... You might faint on cast if you do this. Alright, well folks, this is my wallet. Now, if I'm not mistaken... This is a this uh, is a live bit. We're, we're going lo- live lo- to Shadan uh, with yep. his money uh, on, on Kep. You can't see if you're, if you're doing podcast only. Shadan is, has yep. emptied the content of his, wa- of his wallet on his desk. He's fishing for something. Okay. One great British pound. 20 of her queen's pence. And another 20 of her queen's pence. That's it. That is it. That will buy you one of these and a chocolate bar. At a push. Which is all you need to live on as an animator. You got those and you're good and you can sleep under your desk, goddammit. Jesus effing Christ. I know, per drawing, and they they probably draw a lot of drawings, but still per drawing, that is... Um, that's appalling. That's a horrible, that's a horrible rate. I mean, if you think of it this way, right? Like, if you're, say, an artist on Twitter and you, you know, do commissions, 
you could probably get for a single drawing uh, mm-hmm. any anywhere around like say twenty five dollars, uh, depending on what your rate stack is. I know it varies a lot. Yeah, but I mean that's just a single drawing, and you're earning somewhere in the region of like up to one hundred, like sorry, one hundred percent, two hundred percent, like however much more. So what is 2,500 yen? Because um, Felix in chat, who is a Sakuga person and, and knows these things, uh, what's up to Felix? It uh, that... says that they, so specialist animators that are credited as key animators, um, they get paid per cut. Um, don't know how many drawings per cut. Um, I, I guess d- doing the math would hopefully show that like if you're a key animator, maybe you make more per drawing. Um, mm. uh, 2,500 yen is 17 pounds 50. Uh, to give you more context again, folks, uh, I, yeah, to give you more context, I'm going to see Weathering with you this this coming Friday uh, at the IMAX Theatre in Manchester's Printworks. Uh, Shouts if you're coming, by the way. I doubt anyone from Manchester even knows this is on, but hey, come say hi if I'm there. Uh, that ticket cost me about £12.80, so I will be able to get that and possibly a bag of sweets to go with it. Yeah, one cinema ticket and a bag of sweets. I don't know how long it takes to draw a cut either. Is that a day's work? Is that a a, a week's work? Um, You know, because I'm sure there are like edits and shit. Um, And according to folks in chat, these rates don't really uh, change based on the complexity of the drawing. So, you know, you could be drawing a very detailed robot. (laughs) What? who am I kidding? Nobody draws those anymore. (laughs) <laughs> you could be drawing like a simple character design with a simple background or something with a lot of detail. So, yeah, um, this is this is pretty frightening. And maybe they didn't want it. Here's a charitable interpretation, Shadarn, of why they didn't want to put a number in there. Mm. Um, because the problem is so bad that you don't. Maybe they don't want like an incremental move in the right direction to then make this anime make it seem like when you're viewing it later oh they've done better they've surpassed these these horrible rates like they said 200 yen and now um, people get paid 500 yen per drawing but it's like you want like a real living wage uh, you know? well just to just to really crap on your feelings there uh, felix has just said in chat uh, oh my Yo, good a, god a cut could take anywhere from a week to a month or two you know these poor I, people. I, I, you, this is you know, just you know, right? Oh. You know, this show eventually, and indeed, it's laying the seeds of it in this episode, as I'll discuss later. But part of, like, you know, everything that's going on here is the cold, hard reality of what they're facing these three girls in going through this process of making a show to begin with, and this is why, in turn, there's a heavy emphasis on money in this episode, even if the numbers don't necessarily make quite as much sense as they otherwise could but that's not the point uh i'll get into that later but yeah they're like in even though it's not explicitly stated like the stuff we've discussed in chat the emphasis on money is very apparent and if you just read between the lines a little you can see like this is definitely definitely you know uh it's not let's put it this way it's not well, let's say living wage standard or even minimum wage standard for sure uh that's why i think there are like projects like anime dormitory yeah, those projects that you can donate to to uh, help out uh, animators. Uh, I don't know. There are also sometimes individual studios have um, services where you can buy, you know, art and things like that. Um, but 
a lot of research is required on our part to see if our money is going to the animators and not uh, getting bottlenecked at producers, production committees, different people in the studio. So it's it's really hard, man. <sighs> Yukinon says, there's a reason why some shows turn into jiggly jiggly heaven. <laughs> because uh, the poor people tasked with making this stuff are, are pushed to such a degree that, um, you know, it's not feasible to make every shot pristine before airing. Um, it's on a tight schedule, these things. And so, yeah, this whole scene is um, is really educational. And even and, and I'm so appreciative of the chat for bringing all this information. And I hope the other people watching the show will do some research into, you know, just how how bad this is um the situation and i mean it's part of the reason why we get so much anime i think is because um well the labor is cheap but also like you know you 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 probably have like studios uh going into debt and they just need to keep making stuff just to keep the lights on you know they always need to be making something yeah when ufo table are like you know in themselves in financial trouble uh, barely partly due to the tax evasion thing, but still, like they're a top flight studio. That that speaks volumes. It's I know. Pretty, pretty. It's pretty horrifying, isn't it? It is. It <sighs> is. Um. So, uh, from from that uh really disheartening subject, uh, to the greatest world because this is where uh we return, uh, <laughs> when uh the windmill drawing is happening. You know, um. They get carried away again. They're supposed to be out of there quickly with their stuff because a big rainstorm is coming. Uh, and yet, they decide to animate this windmill. And they do a, a first pass at it, think some things are wrong. They do a second pass, mm -hmm. still think something's missing, and it's the wind. And so to add wind, they enter the greatest world and fly their ship into a building uh, blow a hole in the building. Mm -hmm. uh, wait, doesn't this make the building explode? It's fiction. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Why is there water coming <laughs> out of this pipe? Because there is. <laughs> exactly. Although I, have, uh, although I have a theory on why the water is coming out of that pipe, but uh, well, it's not a big toy pipe. But bear in mind, we do. It does rain later. Yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's bleed through again happening as we saw in the previous episode. Totally, totally. So yeah, I think I think you're right that the water is an element of it because of the actual rainstorm happening. There's possibly river flooding happening because uh, the place is next to a small river. Uh, they get in the dinghy, right? And they ride uh, down the river and see some incredible weird animals. If you just, if you stop to read the descriptions, <laughs> I mean, my favorite is the overlord bass. <laughs> it's just an incredibly huge fish. And it's like a descendant of the regular bass. Or, or maybe an ancestor to it. And there's like a weird duck with an armored bill. Uh, and there's like a like a goat of some kind um, that they and they put in these little notes. Um, and they do the same thing to the, the all the ships that get introduced. It's these great, again, like concept pictures. So nerdy, so otaki. It's really great where they like tell you how this fictional machine that would never exist is supposed to work in great detail. All the parts. It's really, really speaks to a certain kind of, of nerdery, I think, in a deep way. And, uh, well, you know, they uh, are like, wow, we actually drew this. We did it. Like, in this studio, like, we made a cut of animation. Oh, my God. And then uh, Teacher Man comes in, and they're like, you know, hey, 
uh, guess what? It's raining. Why aren't you? Why haven't you left? Uh, and so my God, <laughs> it's rain come- from the sky. Impossible. <laughs> it's coming, really coming down out there. I told you to leave. And so uh, the three girls walk home. Uh, they're having fun. It's a great moment. Um, there's banter and uh, cut to the next day. Problem. Big, massive problem. Because Kanamori didn't take down the video. Got that PayPal. <laughs> from from whatever thing they uploaded it to. I, I guess that she thought no one would buy it and it would be fine. I think that they actually did talk about that. And, um, you know, uh, someone has paid, here's the number from before, 30,000 yen for it. Mm. The, the number that Asakusa thought it would take to uh, redo the studio. 210 Some... pounds. <laughs> well... Uh, I hope, you know, then then the the family, the Asakusa family, over breakfast, is watching television and sees the footage of their dear uh, daughter falling. The little gremlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and end episode. Yeah, hard cut, end, great, love it. Oh. Woo! Shadon, that was episode two. That was uh, Azerkin taking the stage. But before you take the stage uh, with our first talking point, I want to talk a little bit about our partner, Anime Herald, who you can go to animeherald.com to get all kinds of mm. like really great articles and reviews on anime, visual novels, video games. They do great reporting, like con coverage, really in-depth stuff. They got interviews. Um, it's an excellent website with a great staff. Like I said, Samantha really runs a tight ship. Um, and you can support them. Damn right. By, uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Anime Herald. Like us, they are smarties. And they have two budget-friendly tiers. <laughs> well, we, we, only, we only have the answer. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have the answer. Oh, God. Um, they got the $1 tier, where you get early access to all Anime Herald articles. Um, and then... The $5 tier, where you get access to their Discord server, and you get a chance to help shape the Anime Herald by suggesting like uh, things to cover via polls and things like that. You get to vote in the Anime Herald Club title selection. They have a little uh, uh, group watch, Anime Herald Club, and those can get turned into articles as well, if I'm not mistaken. That mm. um, When the staff watch things together, they print the, uh, the, the chat transcript, which is really fun. So, um, yeah, toss them a coin. Uh, they're good folks, and they're partnering with us. May uh, or may not be witches. They may or may not be. I'm going to vote uh, yes. And support your witchers uh, over at Anime Herald. They will talk nerdy to you, uh, whether or not you throw them a coin, but do so um, if you are feeling generous. Now, our partner has been shouted out, so I will pass the baton over to you, good sir. Let's get this discussion rolling. Indeed. We're going to start with our patron question for the week, which comes from GoGo Atomic Robot. Uh, Go something like this. Do you think there is any particular meaning behind the animation tools the girls find being more old-fashioned compared to what is used now? And I do. Okay. I do, actually. So, here's the thing, right? Um, This entire episode has had a big focus on money. And... It's not unfair to say, like, that, you know, if you ever want to do something, I mean, doing this podcast even, for example, I financed it with a lot of kit that I bought myself over time. Uh, you know, for example, 
I've got my Blue Yeti microphone just out of camera, the camera itself, these headphones, keyboard, computer, you get the idea. Mm-hmm. So the way I see it is this, like, I think that the idea the show is getting across is that for often a lot of times, like, this will be something I'll talk about with the windmill in a bit, um, get, like, success uh, is indeed often a lot of hard graft, don't get me wrong. But I think also it's just a lot of fortune being had in having, like, the right tools, mm. often being inherited, perhaps even, necessarily, from elsewhere. Not something, you, like, it's very rare you'll find that a business or any sort of, like, creative venture is started using a kit or property that is purchased, like, brand new, like, completely out in the blue. Like, you're often going to, like, get people pitching in parts and stuff like that to help you out. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I made my fortune completely on my own. My father did not give me a loan to mm-hmm. get through graduate school. I was not gifted a car so I could commute back and forth to my or, you know, business. I made every cent. Um, mommy and daddy didn't pay my taxes for me when I was starting on my business. I did not remain on their insurance till I was 26. I'm self-made entirely. I don't know what you mean. But they did, of course, pay for your rhinoplasty job because your nose keeps growing longer every time you like that. <laughs> Nokia's just knows just uh, just saying yeah but i yeah, think that's a great I, point to bring up a, amazing point actually and and on top of that even then going beyond that what is the first piece of furniture that they actually get inside the club the sofas but the sofas are just inherited items they're not things they bought for themselves they've just had the the good fortune mm-hmm. to know someone who is willing to give them to them. I mean, that's the truth for me, actually, funnily enough. Those sofas over there, they're not £21,000, I can confirm, even though they kind of look sort of similar. Uh, but I bought them from my dad, inherited them from him when I bought this house. Um, like, a lot of the stuff in the house even is inherited from him that he gave me for free. Um, so, yeah, as much as like it's true that hard graft is necessary in order to succeed anything, I mean, you can't, for example, sell a book if you don't actually write it to begin with, to be quite honest. Uh, a substantial part of getting successful and even getting noticed is also having the necessary tools and getting those in the first place. More often than not, you like to get you going, you're either going to go cheap or you're going to go inherited. And that's the latter case in this one. So that's why I think that's important. I would actually wager that the manga of Aizken, or at the very least people at Science Saru, they may not have had that exact same set of kit, but I would expect that they might have inherited a piece of it here and there over the course of their like younger lives when they were probably the girl's age. Um, and that's what got them started as well rather than simply getting like a brand new thing you know I mean say you learn to play guitar for example like do you buy a brand new like full blown Fender uh, Fender guitar or do you get a cheap knockoff one like you know from a flea market or a car boot sale off from eBay just to get you going yeah I, I think to I guess add something different because um, I think you probably have the right answer <laughs> Kado that's, I'll call you Kado from now on because you answer well, the, the right answer are you, are you saying I'm also a complete letdown at the end? I'm insulted. <laughs> You're a good nigga. You, I'm, <laughs> I've never, I've never been so. I didn't, all I didn't year. call you. I didn't call you Babylon. So feel fortunate. Oh, Bab- um, no, don't. Ne- nope. I'm gonna keep my mouth <laughs> shut on that. Jesus so, Christ. I think like it's mostly what you said, but maybe there's something in it of wanting to show. Um, how hard it can be to animate things because 
maybe i don't know if nothing is really done that way anymore maybe some stuff is i mean i know ghibli that was their setup for a long time and uh, not that specific thing but just the fact that they did sell animation for a really really long time into the the 2010s they still did sell animation there is that thread running through this with the uh love of the flying machine mm-hmm. you know similar to Hayao Miyazaki so maybe it's another oh, maybe it's another Ghibli connection but maybe it's like also just again wanting to like show the world like this is what animators have gone through in the past like perhaps if it was just like oh here's some PCs perhaps people wouldn't be like uh oh my gosh they only get paid um 200 yen per uh, thing on the PC. Like, maybe this is to bring the point home of, like, these people work so hard for so little. Um, and perhaps, like, seeing their real analog setup um, mm-hmm. is meant to underscore that and help, uh, again, um, put, a, like, an emotional exclamation point on that. Mm, I would agree. All right. Uh, so thank you very much, uh, Go Go Sorry Robot, for that question. Uh, if you yourself would like to ask us questions uh, for us to cover on Isaacan, or indeed on Jeweler Richard, uh, feel free to take a look at our Patreon if you get yourself on that for the uh, $3 tier, was it, I believe, at the minimum? To ask the questions, it is the $3 yeah. tier. The $3 tier. <laughs> the $3. Why did I do it? I'm stabbing myself for that joke. I'm going to stab my own eyes out in a second. Uh, yeah, get yourself on the $3 tier for that. Get yourself... All that, in addition to a lot of other cool benefits, get yourself Discord access, get yourself access to early episodes, get yourself access to exclusive episodes, and you know you can even go a little bit further, put a little bit more money in the tip jar for us, and you can even request us to cover anime of your choosing, which of course means I'll get all the bad ones because you're lucky and I hate you. <laughs> I I'm thinking about giving myself bad anime if once once I go think- through once I go <laughs> well you did it with the Guilty Crown once I go through the uh, and, 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 and Shield and- Hero. Um, yeah, thanks, sir. Once uh, I thanks, go through me. the request list, uh, I I have something in mind that I'd like to to do that is uh, rather ambitious and uh, is could be described as self harm, but perhaps. Are you stealing my thunder now? <laughs> well, I listen. I like to watch bad things. You know, I, I tried to watch Plunderer this weekend. That's how much I <laughs> like to watch bad things. Anyone hasn't watched that, please avoid that. If it, yeah, it's not worth your time. I couldn't make it through the whole episode. Um, okay, so uh, again, thank you, Emily, for your your patron question. Um, what's your first discussion point, buddy? What do you want to talk about? All right. So uh, the first thing I'm gonna dive into, and I'm gonna get the big one out of the way, is let's talk about the windmill. Because if you think about it, right, like why would you have a windmill as a power generator for this little club here? It doesn't really make any sort of logical sense. I'm, by the way, this is not criticism, actually. This is me leading into something positive about it. But, well, the thing about wind power, uh, at least as it's presented here and not the more modern form of it, where you see, like, giant, like, you know, wind turbines on, like, you know, shorelines or, like, uh, high up areas, is it's unpredictable and unreliable. And it just kind of happens. And if you think about it, they need that generator running in order to actually operate out of that little clubhouse to begin with. Which I think is quite a neat metaphor for, again, tying into the idea of success as I presented it um, earlier. In that partly it's due to, you know, having the tools necessary and the fiscal uh, ability to buy the things that you need to get underway. But also it's about simply being discovered. Like, it's just kind of a coincidence or, you know, a bit of luck even that it happens. 
uh, a lot of authors like have attested that hey you know what i was writing for years for example mm-hmm. uh, but then i just suddenly by complete chance got found one day and then next thing you know i'm suddenly a big deal and indeed, that's true of like a lot of other creative industries. I mean, you go YouTube, for example, like you get noticed and so you go viral and then everything goes crazy. Uh, you know, if you're a musician, like, you know, you got to wait for your big break when you get noticed by an industry rep, for example, or maybe you win a competition. So to me, like, I actually appreciate the windmill, apart from just simply like going into the laborious detail of which, oh, you know, how do we design a windmill? It's something that itself on the surface seems very simple. But then look at all the considerations that goes into it, like yeah. the angle of the blades, how you present the wind. Like, it really shows, like, the level of detail necessary, even in something that really probably doesn't need, like, that much, like, conscious thought on the part of the audience, if you think about it. But on top of that, I appreciate its metaphor in how, like, you know, that sometimes, like, you might work your ass off, but it doesn't bear any fruit, not because you're bad at what you do, not because you don't care, and not because you don't try, mm-hmm. but that's just the nature of the beast in a... In, creating you know fiction um to be consumed by a wider audience in that your audience like you know will come to you you can't force them to come to your work so i appreciate it i mean i think this episode is setting up a lot of different little seeds here and there Mm. for problems that the characters are going to face down the line uh they haven't it hasn't gone hard in on them yet and i appreciate that in turn but you can see like you know a lot of different things here that are leading uh up to the harsh reality that they will face as they go along actually creating anime and even just doing the creative process. Yes, I'm I'm really that's a great point. Um and gosh, I'm curious to see if any of these little things there's one big thing that I'll talk about later that I think will clearly be picked up and run with, but a lot of the things you mentioned. Um and for my part, um I would just want to add uh I just want to reinforce the other side of what you're talking about because, you know, like you mentioned, um, having a dream and getting that dream to be a reality is never just about um, you and what you're doing. There is always, as you said, some kind of good fortune or some break will go your way. Mm-hmm. You'll get discovered. You'll do it. The contact will come your way or, or you'll be donated a tool something like that. Um, Conversely, though, I think, um, you know, especially when uh, we're talking about an anime and anime is, um, you know, a a lot of consumers of anime, a lot of uh, viewers are otaku. Um, It is important to just be like, look, your dreams are not going to come to you. Your dreams are not going to entirely fall in your lap. Like you can have this idea of something you want to do, but also there are these these things that you have to do, right? If, if for example, Asakusa didn't go in that room to sign up uh, the club, then they don't get the sofa because they don't get the space because they haven't done yeah. the club. Um, you know... As as much as the good fortune is an element of it, and a, a true and correct, like I want to reinforce, like the graft part, right? The, the oh, hard the work. Eyes, the, yeah. What the you know? Again, we talked about it last week that the show, rather than challenging you to be worse, is challenging you to go out there and get it done. Um, mm-hmm. And is even like saying, like I love that it's not um, dour. Also about the hard work necessary. Because, you know, it can, it can be intimidating, but 
Asakusa and Mizu are there, like, loving it. Yeah, exactly. They they do, yeah. They see the potential in all of it, uh, mm. despite the fact that it is a pittance that they've been given. Mm. Um, and it's really inspirational. <laughs> it is. Um, and I'll note as well, like... Um, this is one of those instances where tell don't show actually works, believe it or not. Mm. I know that sounds crazy given we're talking about this show, but hear me out. Like in the real time necessary for them to do that when milfing it, like, you know, what they were drawing when they were mentioning about the oil coming out of the paper and how it was quite difficult. If we were to be shown that in real time or even in montage, it would probably take up too much time in the episode. Mm. So mm. having a cut from them starting to them coming to that point and saying, God, this is hard work. That still works. That is effective. It's, you know, it's, it gets the point across that even, you know, as much as they're enjoying it, we can still see, like, you know, they're getting an idea of the magnitude of the task before them. Yeah. And Felix in, in chat talking about, you know, that, that the same is true for, like, him and his life, that, like, while he was working on towards one goal, another presented itself that he ended up achieving and that can happen right like you could start down one road and find that what you actually need to do is do something else and and it can all be so when you look at the whole thing um when you look at the entirety of what it will take to achieve your life goal or to get where you want to go it can be really huge and it can be intimidating Mm. but really is like helpful i think to just focus on putting one foot in front of the other doing the thing that you can do right now making one step forward there's a great so i've always got to get these references in uh <laughs> tetsuya naito one of my favorite japanese professional wrestlers has on a t-shirt oh um in spanish i wish i knew the spanish i used to know it but I, i've forgotten basically in spanish it says the courage to take a single step and i love that because if you do that every day, then like where you can go will surprise you. And it also acknowledges the fact that taking that single step for Asakusa to go into the room and talk to the teacher, it takes courage. It's hard. You know, mm-hmm. not all of us are like blessed with the gift of gab or a lot of confidence. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have to do these things like and put ourselves in uncomfortable places. But, um, you know, I think that the show shows us that like working with other people and having friends can help balance you out and help like Mm. give you like you guys can help like shore up each other's weaknesses. Hey folks, this is the subtle doctor parachuting in, in the middle of the podcast, adding this in post just because I think it's important for me to point out that I don't think that if you are not, achieving your dreams it's because you haven't worked hard enough Uh, nor do i think that everyone who does work hard will achieve their dreams i want to make this important clarification uh because the world obviously is uh systemically inequitable and you could put one foot in front of the other a lot of times and still be much farther back uh, along a similar path as someone else who is born with privilege and advantage. I, all of those things are <clears throat> are real and obvious uh, to me. I think, and we kind of get at it in other parts of the show, especially Shadon with his point about uh, luck in in making it. But I thought it was important to drop it in here 
just to be expressly clear about what we think. Um, I think I just didn't go into it because I was trying to, I think, stick to what the show was saying. So, yep, just wanted to make that clear. Now we will return to uh, the stream. Yeah, I just love that. I love that scene so much when Kanamori pulls her in there because it's really funny, first of all. It's, you know, Kanamori <laughs> being a badass and confronting the teacher and everything. But it's also like, you know, uh, Asakusa, like, we need to do this. This is like one crucial step on the way to getting it done. It's not just about like the drawings and everything. It's about like you have to meet with this person. And that sucks right. and it's really hard, but, but we can do it together. Like as a support network, we'll do it together. And uh, oftentimes when we're like going, you know, pursuing our dreams, we don't have like that support group, you know, where we don't have like a group of people we're working with. So it can be a lot harder, but... um but I think it all still applies. And and at some point, I think, yeah, I mean, it, at some point, like Shadon said, you know, there will there has to be a helping hand and there will be. I, I believe that if you're if you're I'm sounding very sappy and sentimental, but the show puts me in that frame of mind. Right. <laughs> that there will be some kind of helping hand. Um, yeah, that there will be some good fortune for you. Right. Well, let's talk about class as in class differences. Because what I really Thief. like about the show, what are you, white mage? I no, I'm I'm. Oh, do you? Of course. Of course. <laughs> no, no. I, come on, I I played a rogue in World of Warcraft. Don't rogue? you know? <laughs> okay, good. Don't don't like you know take that away from me. You can be the paladin or whatever. Isn't there like I a know. class that uses guns now in Final Fantasy uh, fourteen? Uh, Give me the guns class. <laughs> I'll take I, that. I I did that pass. I don't know. It's been it's been a long time since I played MMOs. Uh, Anyway, so class, like one of the things I've really- Can we play a game where we each name an old MMO and whoever can't name one loses? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm losing it right now. That will be a really fun game. Age of Camelot. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, no, please continue. I'm sorry. Continue. Okay, so- Let's talk about class. So one of the things I really like about this show is that first off, it's very upfront, like in a not, well, maybe not so overtly, but at least it is clear that we have two people who they share a passion for like wanting to do anime or even just being creative. But it's funny how, even though they come from opposite sides of like the social strata with Asuka being in her own words, working class versus um, Zaki being of course quite wealthy. That even though because of that, their like circumstances hold them back in their own ways from doing what they want to do. Uh, in Azuku's place, it's not the case that her parents probably aren't uns are unsupportive of that, but rather that they simply don't have the finances necessary to you know, like you know give her the equipment, all the tools that she would need in order to get that underway. Not, that, I mean, after all, she spent all of her money on that backpack <clears throat> and that hat uh, to you know help mm -hmm. her do this. I imagine that's where she's sunk every single penny she's ever got. Um, so that's important in itself. But on top of that, then you have uh, Mizaki, who, as we saw in the previous episode, like, yeah, very wealthy, no doubt, could, in theory, if her parents were supported, just have the entire, you know, clubhouse decorated as they believe they could do, but obviously can't. Like, I appreciate, like, you know, that it makes it clear that, hey, being creative, like, as I said before, hard graft, Big part of that, probably biggest part of the pie chart there is. Not a substantial chunk of it though is fiscal ability and, and wealth. 
Mm. A lot of people, a lot of people are successful simply because they are already wealthy. Annoyingly, oh enough. yes, that is yeah. like and, the, and yeah, and there's a documented like you know reality that in the U.S., for example, uh, just to get slightly off tangent here, like you know if you're self-employed, you obviously have to get medical insurance, but that's going to be quite expensive, and that you know puts people off actually going into you know creative like lines of work because of that, you know. Rather, you'd get a job and then get it through your, uh, <clears throat> through your employer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm I'm glad to see that Izuku is actually being very socially conscious about this. Like, it's again not over. It's not putting a big like stamp on it. It might become relevant later. Like, I could, in theory, I don't want the girls to fight amongst themselves, of course, but I could in theory see Azuku's like you know, like feeling a little jealous of Mizuzaki's welfare in there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, or in, there could there could be elements of that certainly. Uh, like you know, if only it was different. Like you could finance all of this easily, but no, it's or here's here's one that could go. I mean, way down the line. Um, we're very far away from this, and like you said, I don't even know if I necessarily want to see this. But c- couldn't you imagine um, uh, Asakusa going like, "Is this just a game to you? Like this is my life." Like, I have no money. I don't have anything to fall back on. I'm not an Instagram model. Yeah. If this doesn't succeed, I'm totally fucked. Like, you, like, of course you're going to want to go home or work less hard because mm-hmm. this is not everything to you. You know what I mean? Because you have all this money. So, whew. No, yeah, that could, that inequality, like, ma'am, yeah. please don't, <laughs> please don't fight. I, please don't fight, though. I don't want you to fight. I, I think the show's too lighthearted, lighthearted to have them really fight amongst themselves in that kind of way. Um, what I will note as well, though, is that this, I think, is why Askus is, like, very into flight. Because you'll note, like, every single dream sequence we've had thus far, with the exception of the very first one in the first episode, which was, like, when she was much younger, features flying machines of some description. You know, we have the dragonfly, we have the helicopter bell, and then we have this, like, what looks like a bumper car with, like, mm-hmm. rockets on the back. But flight in itself is a form of liberation and emancipation. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And for someone who has very little and obviously may very well have never actually flown in her life properly. I can imagine that's, you know, quite quite the thing, you know, to dream about. It all makes sense, like, to inform her character, like, why these things keep coming back to these same motifs over and over again. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me, at least. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, good on Aizuken for doing that. Um, we'll see if it develops it further as it goes along. But it's, again, I think this show is doing something really, really well so far. And I think it's balancing like the boundless optimism and enthusiasm of its characters in the stuff they're doing with just the right amount of pragmatism and harsh reality to the point where it's not a complete fantasy that like, you know, deludes people into believing this is something that's easy or that you could just do it at the drop of a hat. But conversely, it's neither it's neither that, you know, where it's so dour and depressing. And, you know, makes you, it kills any motivation we as an audience might feel towards doing similar. It's got the perfect blend thus far. Mm-hmm. And it might, it might ebb that up a little bit further up and down in one side or another as we go along, as the drama unfolds. Uh, but I think that thus far, it's doing it just right. I really like that. It is a good balance, isn't it? Um, we're given enough to appreciate what people have to do to get this stuff done but not enough to make us i don't feel anyway um uh over anxious about the possibility of 
doing something similar with our own lives, be it animating or just creating something, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Because um, you could see someone start to like freak out, right? Oh my gosh, mm. I need all this stuff. I need all this help. I'm never going to be able to do it <laughs> when it really is just like that, all about the that single step and... And the show is very, yeah, like you said, like it, it dips into the greatest world, uh, the greatest windmill, um, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it, it is a nice balance. Um, do you want to talk about, um, do you want to talk <laughs> about the video and uh, and that kind of thing? Do you have that down as a talking point? Oh, you, you mean the uh, the machine for like looking up the mirrors and stuff? I, well, no, actually, no, 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 no. I mean uh, the accident footage. Oh, <laughs> well, I, funnily enough, that's also something that's relevant uh, to what I was going to talk about and harsh reality, but please, go go on. Okay, well, I guess, like, this might just tee you up more than be a point on its own to talk about, but just, like, you know, we talked about last episode at the very end, like, that we'd surely be seeing um, money coming into it, and like you said, we get that, there's a lot of figures thrown around, a lot of uh, price comps and things like that. Like, hey, there's this reality in the world, money, and we live in a capitalist society and shit, and it mm-hmm. is at odds with uh, this thing, boundless imagination that we have, this this creative impulse. Like, mm-hmm. um, it needs money to be uh, sustained and to kind of make what you want to make and also to sustain you, the artist, to live, to keep making stuff and keep imagining. Um Kanamori introduces mm. a really interesting element. And she's she's been the one all along that's really concerned about um she's in this to make money, right? <laughs> From the off, we she's know not, that. She, she, certainly she's in it to make money, which as I say is probably the biggest fantasy of them all. But in its own right, she's also been the most pragmatic and level-headed of a lot of them. Yeah. How about a desk? Like, how about before we get anything else, let's start with something to draw on. I'm just saying. Well... Let's not take credit from Asakusa. She is the one who thought of the desk. But your mm. point is st- your point still stands about her, um, the way she drives discussion and thinks about genre and materials and uh, prices and is taking a video of the place and has a-, a lot more of a view that probably most of us would have of things like a shitty old shed, uh, mm. you know. And and she is thinking about profit. Um, do you think, and, and the, the whole footage issue, right, of, of bringing in money to the project based on, uh, this accident, um, and now the, the school could be upset, the, the advisor could be upset, um, I guess I just want to ask a general question, um, and they may think it's silly. But Mm -hmm. uh, thinking about all these things has made me want to ask and just have the discussion. Like, do you think that money, uh, needing money, thinking about profitability before anything else, um, needing to do things like film yourself falling off of an unsafe stairwell, put all that in brackets and just call it all money. Do you think that compromises art i don't think it's as as binary as simply if you you are into that then it's compromised uh 
I think that it's one of those things that there's degrees to it. Uh, it's bimodal, shall we say. Where, I mean, come on, we all have to put food on the table at the end of the day. I know that, like, I've, I mean, I think, I can't remember what it was, was it Cool Japan or something? But I remember watching a video where they interviewed an animator and she said, like, hey, you know what, like, I live in this dormitory, I get paid for and part funded by Anime Dormitory, I think it might have been, uh, and I enjoy it a lot. And that's good. I'd, I'd rather that be the case than not. But for a lot of people, like, you know, that might not be enough. You know, we want a bit more than that, you know, to our quality of life. Because, as you say, unfortunately, well, Joker quote, we live in a society. Uh, you so. Maybe you'd like to have a family and not, like, live well, that would also on your be, own. Yeah. <laughs> and eat shitty that's food also, out of a that's also, that's also an excellent point. Um, so, I think that, for me, the distinction would probably lie in where you go so far that you want to use your art to make money purely for its own sake. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you know, say, using it to, A, firstly, make sure you have a roof over your head and that you have food on the table and all the all the necessities that you require. And then secondly, you know, having money for a quality of life for yourself. And then thirdly, reinvesting that money back into your own work. Uh, it's going to vary depending on certain things. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie, for example, and say that we talked about isekai. Why is isekai popular? I could go on to the social constructs behind that all day, but let's be honest, shit sells. Shit make bank, as we say over here in Britain. You do. You know, and that's why I kind of have a bee in my body about it a lot of times, because it's not, as you say, really being made for art's sake, but more just for the, you know, the money thereof. But <clears throat> I don't think it's as simple as simply, you know, wanting to be paid well that compromises the art of itself. And if anything, I would argue that maybe being paid well can in turn, you know, motivate you to make better art. Mm-hmm. depends on the person as well to be quite honest yeah and i guess i'm not thinking of individual artists but like because <laughs> when when money comes into this right like big structures build themselves up around the artist and the, the creators you know you have uh distributors producers licensors studios like that all their considerations are nothing to do with um, art first. You know, they might it might be a part of it, but it's because they might be like, okay, we love this art, but it's because it makes us money, right? So, I mean, I think to answer my own question, like, I think it sort of does, but I also think it's inevitable, like, unfortunately. Like, it, it's what kind of separates the purity of the greatest world. You know what I mean? That imagination of totally unconstricted um there ain't no dollar signs in there yeah yeah and you know i I guess you could still kind of do something like that for like a hobby but like it's so i guess to make an anime i mean it'd be hard to like make an anime as a hobby right that's really time consuming and you Mm. you need a lot of uh equipment and structure that's very difficult to procure um on your own but but yeah, I mean, anime has always been uh, like a fusion of art and product. You know, I mean, it, in everything we're talking about, like, um, there's there always is going to be some kind of compromise. And if it is like, you know, if the compromise is artists need to live and they need to eat, and you don't you don't need to be pushing them so hard to like realize whatever kind of artistic vision is happening. That's a good kind of compromise. That, mm. like you said, those when when considerations of well-being come in, 
that is quite good. Um, that's something that Ghibli struggled with mightily, if we're going to talk about Ghibli. Um, and, but, but if we're talking about, if we're setting that aside, right, and we're focusing on, um, hey, we, this group of artists, have a vision, and we want to make our art, and we want people to see it, but producer gatekeeper man is like mm, does it it doesn't have the busty ladies it doesn't have otaku <laughs> ota, it doesn't have otaku man we pay you by the pantsy shot yeah it, uh-huh. right. yeah it doesn't have that stuff well well you know tough, this character tough has too much personality yeah tough shit i mean i mean you know what's funny like i'm actually thinking back this is actually something i discussed when i dissected guilty crown because by god that show felt like a boxing exercise and not actually a work of art of itself like it's just so blatantly engineered to be sold as a product. Mm-hmm. Oh um, god, yeah. That's that's when like yeah, you just wonder like who was in the room that was like this is my art. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like it, it it whatever that was was at an early stage and it it died a death on the operating table and was frankensteined into a fucking TV tropes page. <laughs> Yeah, so. all the anime equivalents of McDonald's chicken nuggets. Right. Um, and well, and a, well. Blue Sea Devotee brings up the interesting contemporary example of Stars Align. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it was it, it sort of the rug was pulled out from under them because the studio was like, hey, guess what? Or the production committee, rather, was like, hey, guess what? I, we don't think this is very profitable, so you can't finish your story. That's really hard. Um, So... There's just so many, so many cases like this where I have to conclude that, like, you know, <laughs> the 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 money and the art together and having to be together, it does kind of create this compromise and this need to compromise. And there are individual situations where that doesn't happen. But like, for instance, Masaki Yuasa, like, to make to make uh, this movie, right? Or sorry, to make this TV show. Like he's had to have a lot of other successes to prove his mm. ability, like for, for someone to hand him the keys. Um, you know, if you get lucky and get recognition, it's possible uh, in your field to, to do that. Um, you know, N.K. Jemison can write whatever she wants next because her trilogy, like all three of those books won a Hugo Award boom she's on the map forever uh and so she could do whatever she wants but um maybe not originally maybe like uh getting those getting those books published at the beginning when she was a nobody was Mm. was difficult and there was this back and forth is this going to make us money you know like but it's my art like but it's not you need to make considerations for profitability um and this isn't even have you has, has anyone ever watched like a documentary about like the like the sort of new york art world like the the painting uh, not not personally it is it will it might kill you a little bit on the inside shadon because is it cutthroat well it's just kind of a completely arbitrary and it's like the val it, it's sort of I, and my wife has seen a whole bunch and i haven't seen one in particular but she showed me pieces of different ones because my wife is a painter but the the art sort of market the the painting market in like europe and the united states it's basically like the stock market and uh, as opaque to kind of get a handle on like Mm. what what is worth money and why 
like because it's really is just like does random rich person want to buy a thing um pretty much and and then the the inflated value and why why is this versus that valuable like why is like random ass like amazing piece of art um from europe way more valuable than cool amazing piece of art from like india i don't know because like Racism. it's just what people want. I'll say. I'll, <laughs> oh, oh, I don't. I'll, I don't I'll, even I'll, want to say that. But it's I'll, just I'll like arbitrary. Five hundred duck. <laughs> well, there's a whole artistic tradition. Of, no, I like I, I don't know of African art, Indian art, like that is just not valued as highly. Like, and I just had no idea why. Like the art market again is just like this. Again, arbitrary, capricious, like weird kind of thing that I really have a hard time like wrapping my arms around and i think a lot of people do and it's it's really hard for people to break into it so wish my wife good luck um anniebritohodgen.com her website <laughs> or anniebritohodgen art on instagram <laughs> look at her stuff um anyway do it do it anyway don't make me come and find you folks i will all right so you mentioned about the fall i'll i'll keep this brief but what we see in this episode is we see an escalation of the, like the bleed through of reality into the Grace's world, the imagination, the imagined like scenarios that come up here, and how they're actually starting to have consequences, like when they neglect reality for too long. Um, I mean, the first episode, for example, like the only two things that happened were, oh, uh, I'm going to get your dad from the airport, and then later on, um, oh, time's flown, but it flowed, you know, that was a positive thing, like it flew like when you watch a good movie, you know, you're just like, wow, that breeze by, oh my god. But here it's a little bit different because the first thing we of course have is Askuza falling from the, the thing. Now she wasn't hurt, too badly anyway. But uh, nonetheless, that still was like, you know, a negative outcome of like getting too lost in the cloud, so to speak. And then in the second uh, one, after they unleash all the water, like, you know, and bomb the building, uh, you know, it's gone late and it's raining and they're half soaked. Again, not a majorly negative outcome, to be quite honest. Like, you know, it's not like the whole place had collapsed all around them or suddenly set on fire. Mm-hmm. But we can see that there's a, there's a, you know, a line being drawn here from, okay, playful, you know, and fun, nothing really bad happens, to, okay, a little bit more severe. And I wonder if that will continue as we go along. I mean, note as well that there weren't even the MIBs this time around. It's the MIBs. To bleed into the world. Like, they were absent from this episode. But this is just more like, you know, Askuza's like own daydreaming nature going a touch too far in places. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see if it'll continue to develop that, but I can see like a clear demarcation between the two. Yeah. Hey, this is where it's going from here. That is, oh, that is really interesting because the way I framed it a moment ago, it it was really like the the greatest world was kind of divorced from reality. Um, And it's, it's purity um and uh like it unconstrained by things like space-time logic Mm -hmm. but you're very right that that world impeded on the greatest our world the sort of empirical reality Mm -hmm. right like the the world that science can quantify like poked its head in the door and was like hey i'm this can't neglect me this is here i'm here your body lives in this plane um, and maybe that's like sort of um, dovetailing with the idea of artists getting paid and, you know, money needing to be, we need to compensate them um, and all that kind of thing. Like that, that art, 
art doesn't ju- maybe so maybe this is the idea right that like like the greatest world the art we watch doesn't exist in uh, a vacuum it's not like Crunchyroll or you know samurai tv or asahi or whatever like is a dimensional void mm. and they reach into <laughs> space and like pump this entertainment into your brain like it's like people have to like make it and real people that uh, have bad days are sick have kids need to eat um mm. need to travel um need to rest like they're part of it they're part of bringing you artists and if you like appreciate the art like you should appreciate them and they need to be taken care of and maybe yeah so what you're saying um intersects like a lot of the themes like more so than i thought actually before you began talking are connecting in a way that i really like it's exciting yeah I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, Aizuken, like, as as fun as it is, like, seeing all these wonderful worlds that they conjure up and they go to on these little mini-adventures, which are just wonderful. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, one of our patrons, like, links the actual clip of that very first one, which is just, like, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's, just, it's just there, like, I'm just here, like, I love this. I love this so, it's so but sweet. we can't stay in there forever, you know. We do have to deal with reality eventually, and we can't. Allow it. I know, Boo. I know, I know. <laughs> I don't mean to be a Debbie fucking downer here, but it's true. And I, I'm glad to see that Izuku is mature enough to allow you know us to be really you know whisked away on these wonderful flights of fantasy. fantasy. But at the same time, he's willing to take a bit of a self-critical look and say, you know, maybe you can spend a lot of time in there, but not all of it, and certainly not to the extent where you start neglecting things. Mm, yeah yeah i'm sorry i don't mean to i, do, I don't mean Boo. I, I, yeah i, I you know am i the ikanamori of this podcast then by being too i think practical. you might i think you might be um i'll do the grid at some point i'll look terrible <laughs> doing it though oh uh, it did it, she's irreplicable mm. so um i think we talked about most of my points did you have anything else uh i had one more all right <clears throat> bring it which was talk about kanamori yourself bring it debbie I'm I am speculating more here than anything else, but like Kanamori seems very wise beyond her years. Like especially with that in the monologue moment where she recognizes I shouldn't stifle them right now. But I know that you know they're gonna hit the limit of what they recognize they can do. Mm. And I should allow them to reach that organically. Like that's ridiculously mature. I know. Totally. <laughs> and yeah, so it's also and yeah, it's also kind of like deep a little bit cynical in its own right, because on the one hand, you'd argue maybe she should be telling them, you know, keep your expectations in check. I mean, after all, like, that's what happens with both of them in this episode when they're, like, looking at, like, the layout of what the studio's going to look like. And I'll wager, uh, well, I've got my wallet here, so here you go. I'll wager my wallet that the studio they have now, this little, like, <clears throat> dinky-ass, like, corrugated shed, it'll look nothing like what they imagined it when they finally get more stuff in it. Not in the slightest. And I think, again, like, that's to the anime's credit, that it's also willing to say, check your expectations a little bit. Your enthusiasm is welcome and brilliant and uh, admirable. But you'll only end up, like, you know, hurting yourself if you go too far on it. So Hmm. I really appreciate that, firstly, that, you know, that's there. Hmm. Um, And secondly, like, I'm really curious about Kanamori's backstory here, that she has that viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, has something happened in her past to lead her to feel that way? I wonder. There's, there's, there's like she is the enigma of the show, even though she's also probably one of the most entertaining characters among them, in her own right. 
But I'm very curious to learn more about her character and what led her to essentially have this perspective that seems to have been granted to her like five, ten years too early. It's very curious, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, I... I will add one one more thing, by the way, as well. Uh, oh. Just as a small side point. Okay. Uh, so we mentioned before about the uh, studio that they find, like, you know, this collection of equipment. Um, and we find cells and such uh, made by the previous people. And what none of them recognize, I find a bit of a warning in itself is that, well, all of these things are incomplete. People have used that stuff before and have not taken it to fruition. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess not. Um, or else why would the, why would the cuts be there? Right. Um, yep. Interesting. Yeah. That's a, a dream died on the vine, right? Um, mm-hmm. Turned to it withered away and crumbled uh, into dust. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. We don't need. We listen. We don't need that here. Okay, you could take that pragmatism and negativity. It's you can right shove it the, straight up your right ass. In the show. This is not. This is not textual. You can. You can. Look, right. Don't don't make bounce. don't make me solve with this with violence and or money. Right. <laughs> so I I'm just saying. I like what you brought up about uh, Kanamori kind of being their manager in some ways, like sort of in the producer role, being a a, a manager of personalities. Um, will be the vital role that she plays in terms of this club as an organization. And she, like like you said, she's like, okay, let's table genre. And I am like less cynical about the move because I think the line she uses is like, let's see what they're capable of. Because if she's going to manage them, she needs to understand their limits as creatives. Mm. And, um, you know, although she's known Asakusa, like, this is a totally different ballgame environment, and I think she just wants to like get a gauge right on um, what they can do, how far they can progress, what is their limit like because that will be valuable when you are as a manager trying to decide: Do I push my people? Do I try to squeeze like one more percent out of them here because I know that they can do it, or do I not? Like, is have they really hit their wall and I need to relent? Like. So this is where I think that she is, um, this is what I think she's thinking, um, and what came to mind for me anyway, as a someone who manages people. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and I think, like, the, oh, my mind's got completely blank. God. I'm oh, no. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Cuts commercial. commercial Da-da-da-da. Anime Herald. Patreon.com. Well... I think also part of that might be that uh, now I've remembered what I was going to say, which is that maybe she recognizes they need to make their own mistakes. Yes, I think Cause, so. Because, I mean, you're a father, and obviously, you know, Kanamori is not their mother, but rather, I imagine you can probably attest to saying, like, okay, son, don't do this. This is bad. This will end badly. Don't do it. What does your son then do? He goes and does it. And you're like, well, son, you fucked up. Mm-hmm. Have you learned now? Yes, dad. I know. And when I say all this, by the way, folks, I'm talking from experience because I know it's hard to believe, and you might think I'm some sort of like eldritch god summoned from the el- like the plains of like oblivion to like talk about anime. But I actually was once a kid, and I did make mistakes that I did only learn from because I made those mistakes, as opposed to my parents telling me, "Hey, don't do that stupid thing, you useless twat." They didn't use that kind of language. <laughs> no, I hope not. <laughs> so maybe she recognizes that as well. But again, that all just makes me all the more curious what life experiences have colored her mind to think that way. Yeah. I mean, she's very money focused as well. Is she similarly also like, you know, working class perhaps a little bit? 
I don't mean that derogatory. I mean, just in terms of like simply, you know, socioeconomic stats, like mm. is she herself poor? Like, is that why she values money so much? Cause she has so little of it. I- I'm super curious. Like we've already got like a broad understanding of the other two and that's fine in itself. That's great. But she's the enigma of the show. And I'm very curious to see how that plays out, especially as you know, we're going to have like, you know, the moments where she's going to have to see to try and put them back on track. Cause the, don't get me wrong. All the stuff that Asuka's and like, um, Mizu. Mizuzaki do. Yeah. Yeah, they that they do is really fun to watch as they just get totally engrossed in like, and we could do this, and we could add this thing in it, and we put this on here, and it's gonna be great. Put this repeller, it's got a little green, it's gonna be good, you know, yep. like that kind of thing. But if you'll note what I just did, there's not a single bit of structure to it. Yeah, there's 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 no structure to that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of like going organically through it, but then you won't really get anything done. Exactly. Exactly. And and then yeah. and then we're gonna have the issue of at what point does it stop being fun and start being drudgery? Mm. Oh man, there's there's so many things that these poor girls are gonna have to come. <laughs> never, in into. never. I don't feel like they, I know. I, they can't I know lose you want to protect them. Well, no, no, no. But okay, I, yes. Uh, there's that. But also, I mean, just look at their personalities. I think mm-hmm. you know, but they got a taste of it, right? When doing the windmill cut, like, oh, this shit is hard. Um, and Felix mentioned before, like. Next episode, uh, Mizuzaki could be like, boom, I brought us PCs. <laughs> what up? <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> I, I think that they are, um, they're too wired to see uh, good and to see potential and to see avenues for imagination and creativity in everything. Um, mm. And to sort of like, wow, like, it's really hard, but we're like doing an anime. You know what I mean? But that's not to say I don't want a moment. Like, they probably do need to have a moment. I don't know, around like two thirds of the way through, where one or both of them loses confidence and have to be lifted up by the other one or Kanemori or something like that. That probably needs to happen. But like you said, I, mean, I don't want it to happen. I just want to protect I mean, hell, them. If you think about it, you and I having this discussion of itself shows the tension between like you know, um, like unbound creative like spirit mm-hmm. and pragmatic reality and how there is a need for both. But to what point do you blend them together? What point do you exercise one to the expense of the other? There's a lot involved in the making of a, of a work of, of, of art, you know, folks. And that's even just beyond like the techniques involved. Like there's going to be like, you know, all the interpersonal drama, all of the, you know, reality, like, you know, that we don't have the money to do it. Uh, and I have to say, like, Azekin, we're only two episodes in, it's covering all the bases, or setting up all mm-hmm. the necessary dominoes to deliver on that. That means it now has to, though. I've said that before. I've said that before about shows where I say, hey, this thing's set up to be great, and then, well... It's Masaki fucking Yuasa. I know! I know! <laughs> like, I, I, I have faith. Like, I, I am jaded, I am cynical, and I'm deeply bitter. Don't get me wrong. I, I have been burned before. So I'm just hoping it delivers on all these things now. And as you say, like, I don't want it to start saying it's a dour, like, you know, melancholy drama about, like, you know, how the workplace crushes the creative yeah, spirit, no, you know, like, and the artist's soul and just scrunches into a piece of paper and throws it in the waste bin. I don't really, I mean, the show is, it won't even fit the show, like, you know. Well, the thing is, Zoo, like, you've literally just hit the nail on the head for something that will become a point later on, I am convinced of it. Like, hell, Never mind you asking that question. I could see Askuza like asking that. What do you care about more, money or us? I think, listen, I'm just going to put it out there. 
it's a bit of column A and a bit of column B, but probably like 59, uh, what is it? What would it, no, no, uh, 5149. I'm not a maths person. <laughs> 5149 cares about the friends, right? Um, and 49 wants to make money. Uh, because, I mean, even from the beginning, like, we just sort of see, like, this is her nature to be uh, kind of perform per- performative cynicism and everything. But she was always going to hang out with Asakusa. Like, she me- went to meet her on the roof, and she's giving her shit and busting her balls. But, like, she was always going to go see the anime with her. That's how I feel, you know. And she's still stuck up for it in front of the uh, teacher guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think she really, I mean, she's, and, and you could, I guess you could argue, like, oh, no, she's just doing it because she wants to see some money on the other end of this, and mm. maybe Kanamori is, like, the walking contradiction of, you know, profit and art, you know what I mean? Like, and art being, well, they, cares well, about the, the her friends. Even, the, the girls <laughs> even comment, oh, she's very experienced at handling paper. You see her, <laughs> right. like, you know. Yeah, she's flipped through do, the money stacks well, before. I'll, 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 I'll end, I will end this discussion Say like, I want to see, if not actually officially, I want to at least see a fan art, like, someone animate yourselves. I just want to see her like doing the make it rain thing from the top of that like you know upper floor in the. Uh... <laughs> oh, I could uh, just stone face as she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, I'm all talks out anyway. Uh, so, do you have anything else you want to duck? I don't. Uh, I think that we have talked through the episode uh, pretty well, and of course, if there's anything we missed. Um, or anything that you'd like to see us talk about, uh, if you're listening to this later on, dear patrons, uh, please get on in the Discord and let us know. Again, patreon.com slash show three budget-friendly tiers, two, three, five dollar, two dollar. You get an ad-free version of our podcast. You get to get on the Discord. Uh, you get access to um, early episodes of our, like, numbered flagship podcast that admittedly we have not done in a while but we are still they are still existing and being done uh for the three dollar tail you get to ask the questions in chat that uh in, in discord chat that uh, of the shows that we're covering on stream of thought and um second stream and uh you get access to video essays or sorry audio essays excuse me that we do and for the $5 tier, you get access to our second stream show, uh, Jeweler Richard, we're covering this time. And you get to vote on things for us to do audio essays about. I didn't mention access. This is what I was trying to think of. We also do a, um after-hour stream every single week um, where uh, it's sort of an after-show of one of our streams where we just talk about whatever. And um, you get access to that on the $2 tier. So uh, that's the Patreon uh let us quickly uh, give us money yeah right <laughs> let us handle the paper let us i mean i'm I'm, being, I'm i'm embracing my role as the canamori of this podcast now so that means obviously i'm going to solve everything with money or violence so how would you rate this episode my friend on a five point all right okay um well actually before we do that we should probably do the polls oh we did please update the polls that's usually my thing where i forget about the polls i'm sorry i didn't know because i didn't see them being posted in chat so i didn't know that we had done any this time that was my bad okay so uh episode two poll number one what is the ideal solution to a problem as per the Tao of kanamori uh 65 say money and 35 say violence <laughs> it's incredible what a poll uh next one episode two poll number two would you use asakusa's helicopter belt 
92% say hell yes, and 8% say nah, it's too dangerous. I, I don't know, I, I, I waver on that one because, like, I mean, I'm speaking for myself my own idiocy here. I'd probably be like, this is amazing, I'm going to take a selfie. Oh, Jesus, my hand. Oh, I it just goes it. flying up. <laughs> I can see it. Well, I, that ain't, well, I ain't putting that on Instagram now, am I? Uh, next up, uh, episode two, poll number three. Now, we didn't really actually talk about this on the podcast. Now, I'll note that, like, um, me, I'm not a Sakaga guy, and uh, you are not. Nah. No. Nope. Thanks, thanks. So we didn't really know, but like they do go into detail about like certain animation techniques, like using the camera, for example, using the static background frame and then having the cells move over it to provide the illusion of motion, which I believe was the Hanna-Barbera method. Um, and also uh, the mention of like, you know, face profiles, like, hey, you've got my face looking dead on, you turn a little bit to the left and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like, you know, lean on my side here to do that <laughs> on the sofa, it's like to get the exact posture of that face as it was. Uh, but episode two, poll for three. Did you find Asakusa and Mizuzaki's descriptions of how anime is created, including the visuals, informative and effective? Mm. And we have 92% saying loved it and 8% not so much. Mm. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to be a Sakuga guy. So I was definitely like, oh, wow, this episode, you know what I mean? So that was me. <laughs> um, are those the polls or are we we have a... that that That's the polls. Okay. Uh, at Watery Death Show on Twitter to vote in those. And the first episode polls are still up for a couple days. Get your votes in now. Um, and we will read the results of, I guess, all the polls, one and two, next week. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a bumper moment yeah. for democracy, everyone. Poll bonanza for democracy. <laughs> for science. Uh, for data-driven uh, analysis. So um, now, now, my friend, you can't stall no longer. Rate the episode. Oh, shit. Okay, fine. Well, here's the thing, folks, right? Um, Isaacan number one, I think, was kind of a lightning in a bottle moment. We, I mean, speaking for myself here, I hadn't seen anything quite like it before, where, as I said, it really did, like, you know, truly uh, encapsulate and just wonderfully and accurately depicts the, the sensation is to create something, like, to create a work of art. Like, and the sheer joy that follows from that. Now we've had that, we're not unfortunately getting that back, so to speak. We're not putting the genie back in the bottle and re-experiencing that for the first time again. It can't be helped. We can't do that. I'm sorry, again, to be a, a, a real, like, you know, downcast, ruining everything with harsh reality here, you know. I'm, I'm, I know, I'm a bastard for it. Just rub the genie the right way. That's what Christine Aguilera told me, that you have to do with a genie in a bottle. Gotta let me go. Oh, no. You gotta rub me the right God. way. Oh, no. This is. I, I was trying to. I've been trying to get the 90s out of my head for They're a back. while now, Doc. Please, <laughs> please stop pouring it back in. Okay, Welcome anyway. to Portland. <laughs> so, the, the point I'm getting to with this is that I still love all of, like, you know, these flights of fantasy that they go on. Don't get me wrong. But I don't feel as strongly about them now as I did previously because now, like, the stage has been set. Like, the novelty has. Inevitably, just by his, uh, being the second time, has gone away a tiny, tiny little bit. Uh, I know that sounds really bitter and awful of me, but it's not. But I only say it because, like, we're now in the second episode. I love what they're doing with all the various like characters. The comedy is sharp as it always is. Like, I especially love how they had the great comedic beats of the sewer, and then also the falling down uh, footage being f- shown on the television. At the end, mm-hmm. like, they knew where to place that within the episode to bookend it really well. Yeah. And to help, like, give the laughs maximum impacts. The character stuff's great. Kanamori is, continues to be incredible. 
Uh, I think we're going to have like a real contender for best character of the year here. And I know it's early, but fuck it. Who cares? But I'm I'm also not going to lie and say like that, hey, you know, it kind of got me the same way the first episode did. Uh, but all I'm hoping for now is it starts delivering all that. So subsequently, uh, this is the point where Doc takes out, you know, his, uh, what is his AR-15 and just like, you know, starts making down the, you know, the road in a huff. Uh, I'm going to give it 4.75. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, That's yeah. all right. I'm Look, gonna it, I, 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 I'm going to give it four point seven five excessively overpriced sofas out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was um, there was a Rubicon there that if you had crossed, I would have done a thing, but you did not cross. What, it. what, what, what was the Rubicon? If you Tell rated me. it below four and a half, I definitely would. Oh have. no, I. Jesus Christ! I I know that I I know that I'm overly critical, and I know I have high standards, but I'm not insane. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm going to. I, oh, sorry. We'd get cancelled if I. We'd get cancelled if I did you would, that. We would get cancelled. Myself. How would I rate it, friend? Um, I'm. I'm torn between two, two ratings because I do want to express the sentiment that you put out there that this episode, because it's following episode one, naturally, I feel can't bowl me over or didn't bowl me over. In the same way that the first one did, the first one was like this. I don't think I don't think it's actually possible for that yeah. to have been done. Regardless, it's like this in, just moment of magic. It was like heaven opened up and mm-hmm. anime descended upon me. Anime that was made by real people. It didn't come from nowhere, but still from heaven. And because this one, uh, because I've been exposed to the formula. You know, we know what the greatest world is. We kind of have an idea of the structure and everything like that, and everything isn't shiny and new. I'm going to rate it 4.99. Um, <laughs> so, so. 4.99 uh, weird uh, circulation back scratchers out of five. <laughs> so basically, it's a rounding error. Yeah. Pretty much. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Shadon, I think we've come to the end of Azoken. We've kept our hands decidedly on it, but now it's time to take them off again uh, for a week. So uh, big thanks again to Anime Herald, our partners yeah. in this, for these couple of episodes. And thanks to you, especially out there, our viewers and listeners, uh, our patrons in particular. We love all of you very much. Um, and... You know, if you're not a patron, of course, uh, you are valid, and we appreciate lo- and love your viewership, listenership. Um, if you can't support us financially, or simply don't want to, because hey, we're a bad anime podcast, admittedly, um, you can always. Oh, don't tell that. You can always. You, you're lying, Doc. We're not a bad anime podcast. We're a terrible anime <laughs> podcast. Right. You and I have discussed this a thousand <laughs> times, and you still keep getting it wrong. For God's sake, um, you know if you if you would like to support us, not in a way that doesn't cost any money, um, you can always subscribe uh, to our show. You know we're on YouTube, we're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts. Um, write a review. For Apple Pods, I mean, even if you don't use it, that's, like, the way podcasts, like, it's still, like, pe- people are listening to podcasts in all kinds of different ways, more than ever before, but the Apple Podcast Store still gets, like, uh, it gets a whole metric ton of 
uh, of traffic and it's how people discover podcasts and it's where um, the majority of our listeners listen to our podcast from. So um, writing a review there, a five snake review, as it were, would um, would definitely help our discoverability. And we appreciate five it. Snake, five snake. Five snake. That's right. Uh, it's fine to see a question, Zoo. Like, if we have to give it a, an episode three, like, the highest score, uh, I'm going to say, you know, it'll get to the point where we'll do that, and I'll say, right, I'm going to go get my score, if you'll just give me a moment. I'll be back in a second. I will leave the frame. Uh, you will hear a number of sounds that sound an awful lot like doors being slammed shut, uh, and then heavy footsteps running away in the distance. <laughs> I assure you that that is entirely a figment of your imagination. <laughs> I'll start getting very just in case just in case, just in case that happens. I'll start getting very granular with the decimal points. <laughs> it'll, it'll be in like oh, the gonna... hundredths and thousandths decimal place on these ratings. Uh, we're getting we're getting rational numbers now, mm-hmm. bitches. Yeah, didn't you rate it like a seven out of five last time? You say what? you've already broken the scale. Am I misremembering? No, I no, I I gave it a five. Okay, okay, I'm thinking of. <laughs> I'm thinking of how James rated uh we were having a Star Wars discussion the other night and that's that was his rating for uh are you, are the you last Jedi. like the are, are you working like the people behind the show uh, in the you know their figures for how much sofas cost are massively overpriced relative to the actual reality maybe, of it maybe that's what's going on um blue sea you're lucky you kept it at four or five again if it's below four or five we're done um no listen Totally understand your rating. But I've been yammering on too long. Shadon, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can hit me up at Shaden1010 on Twitter. Uh, feel free to ask me about anything and everything. I am. Uh, yeah. uh, Screw it. Go over yeah. it. Go nuts. I am at the Subtle Doctor and uh, at me, please. And, you know, uh, for Shadon, until next week, I am the Subtle Doctor. We are Watery Death Show. And everyone, embrace each other to the ends of the universe. Good night, everyone. We'd like to say thank you to our new friend, Maso Soundworks, for allowing us to use his track GPS as the intro theme. And thanks to our longtime buddy, once again, Garode Music, Michael Kelly, for allowing us to use the track Every Day is Night from Valhalla for the outro music. We'd like to extend a thanks to, once again, our partners for this episode, the Anime Herald, you can support them at patreon.com slash animeherald. And a very special thank you to each and every one of our patrons. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash watery show.